Hi everybody, you are listening to Otherland Dreams. I am Lady Stars and Fire, and I'm here with Hill Hippie. How are you? Hello! <laughs> it's good to see that you're coming out with such a great attitude about it, considering you're not feeling so swell. <laughs> hey, the show must go on, man. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it is what it is. The energy right now has been funky anyway, and then everybody's getting sick, so... It goes with the time of year. Oh, no. I'm, it's Something's trying to take hold. It ain't going to win. Yeah. Garlic is your best friend when you're sick. Sorry. Yeah, not my taste buds, but my body for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm really bad about that. I'll be like, okay, I need to eat like the entire garlic in like the day. I'll be stinky as shit, but I feel better. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, anyway. <laughs> then there's the added bonus of whenever you fart. <laughs> Who had Italian? Yuck. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway, so uh, I wanted to, uh, before I get into tonight's show, I'm kind of calling it back to last week's show, a little bit of it. Last week we were uh, talking about, we spoke about natural divinations, and but we were really actually talking more about uh, scrying and the different forms of scrying. And in that conversation, we were talking about the pendulum and Hill Hippie more or less, was like, well, what about the metals? Because I didn't really go over the metals. So I'm, I'm going to kind of go back and talk about that for just a moment. But there's, like I said, I'm, I'm bringing this the rest of the way around. I wanted to get into natural divinations. Um, and that's basically where I'm going to be taking it. But I thought I'd go back and actually speak of, you know, those metals and what those properties are. For those people who didn't look on Facebook or whatever, or because maybe you went back and you're watch, you're listening to the show, you know, a couple months later, and so the very next show comes up and you get that information. You don't have to look all over the internet or all over Facebook and blah 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 for it. Anyway, the noise. Yeah. It sounded like a scratching too. I got a rumbling sound. Okay, anyway, um, so I thought I'd go back over some, some of them. Now, like I was saying last week, using a pendulum is great for divination, but it, it's a great learning point. It helps you learn how to trust in doing the divination, you, you know, actually learning how to scry. And it'll help you answer questions for your own self. Now, yes, there are people who will use the pendulum and answer questions for other people. You know, um, maybe they've gotten really good at it. Maybe it's just their thing. There's nothing wrong with that. But it is good for helping you come into understanding that it can be done. Excuse me. And and then it helps you with, you know, getting simple answers from a divination because you typically can make the map for the divination with the yes, no, the numbers, maybe a couple other things that you might make a map for and use the pendulum and swing it above it and ask the question. So it's an easy way to come across working with divinations. And then, of course, there's different stones and so forth that will help work with their energies. But like I said, last week I left out the metals. So 
with that being said, I thought I would jump right back into some of this because it may, it may not even be for the pendulum in general. It may just be something of knowledge you want to, you know, have in your head or have learned something new in general. Iron is one of the most abundant elements in the universe. It's the iron is dominated by the planet Mars. The metal is widely used in Asian, African, European civilizations. Iron symbolizes the male energy and is connected with physical power, aggression, growth, uh, dependence, protection. But if you, that's why I was saying last week, it also goes with the astrology. So it is a fire energy in general too. It, it's it's everything that Mars would stand for in astrology, but then it's also bringing it all the way around so that it's getting a little bit deeper when it's directly just iron that you were using. Uh, it promotes emotions such as lust, confidence, courage, strength, stamina, uh, resilience. It is considered to be the most human of the metals and destructive at the same time. It entitles the spirit of spirit, basically. Um, does that make sense to you, Hell Heavy? Or you have any questions about that? Go ahead. Okay. Um, the next one I have is gold. Gold is the celestial body, body that rep represents by gold is the sun. The sun is what is representing in that energy, which would bring to your core energy. Um, it also brings to the illumination in that as well. The metal was highly valued in ancient Egyptians, Irish, Romans, um, Asians, Africans, and Central America. It is believed to represent Perfection and purity. Gold was often used for offerings to the gods. It was used for ceremonial purposes. It was for beautification. And it was typically, it was just cherished in general. It is um, the culture. I'm sorry, part of my little paper here where I was copying it cut off, so I'm trying to make sure I'm reading it right. Most of the cultures across the world have seen the metal and the symbol as wealth, prosperity, and charisma. It was, it was supposed to be the healing, protection, growth, as well as knowledge was supposed to be the energies that was brought from the energy of using gold in general. But like I said, the people will use, I mean, there are people who just like gold just because they like gold. Ooh, I mean, shiny. Ooh, shiny. Um, sorry, taking a sip of my drink. But when it comes back to looking at it from the bigger picture, it's going to represent the sun. It's going to bring in that core energy and that illumination. That's why it's considered a celestial body. Um, copper is ruled by the planet Venus. It is one of the oldest metals, and copper is, or has flourished in different cultures, including the Middle Eastern, Asian, European, Central, South, Central and South America, as well as the Native Americans. Copper embodies the nurturing aspects of the woman and the youthfulness. It is associated with the matters of love and lust, and it symbolizes characteristics of charisma, 
uh, feminine beauty, artistic creativity, affection, caring, and balance. It also is considered a healing metal that teaches above living a fulfilling life. So, I mean, because you hear, that's funny, because you hear like when, like, you hear all the time, like when you go to Walmart or like on the stores and stuff, how that uh, copper is supposed to be more healing, but they put it to, to Venus energy more, which would be more emotional than physical healing. Well, love and lust. Well, yeah, I guess I just, I guess when I, I just put those two together and it was not what I was expecting it to be. It is what it is. You know, considering how uh, corrosive copper is, uh, particularly to other metals, I'm surprised that it's got any type of healing properties to it at all. I guess what I'm saying is, is like when I think of it, like in the different like commercials and crap that I've heard it, is they added into like the socks and stuff. So I would, I would think it would be more like helping the body flow, like. Like, I, I guess my head wants to put it in with, like, Mars energy. Fair enough. I, I don't know why. That's just the way my head works. So, you know. <laughs> but anyway, um, lead is governed by Saturn. It leads to dark connections and relates to death and transformation. It is, tox it is a toxic metal that represents impurities. <laughs> it is the metal as well as for humans and for burning of uh, metaphoric cleansing and a removal of impurifications. Does that make sense or does it not? I'm sorry, I'm handing him because it didn't sound like when I read it like it made any sense to me. Guys, a lot of times if you don't... if you, I've had people who follow me for a long time, and I tell people all the time, I'm dyslexic, so sometimes, point blank, I look at shit, and I don't know what the hell I'm reading, and I just flat out have to hand it over because my stuff starts moving, and when I, and then my pronunciation goes to shit, so point blank, I hand it over. Lead, governed by the planet Saturn, lead has dark connections and is related to death and transformation. This toxic metal represents impurities of the metals as well as of humans, and its burning is metaphoric with cleansing and removal of imperfections. That was a run-on sentence if I've ever seen one. <laughs> it was associated with uh, divination spells. Lead was one of the earliest metals known to man and was widely used by the ancient Romans, Egyptians, Greeks, and Chinese. Hmm. Okay. Anyway... Then we have Mercury, which is associated with the planet of Mercury. It is an unusual metal that exists in a liquid form at room temperature. It is, to it is a toxic metal, and it is associated with death, mystery, and transformation. It is connected with the divination of scrying. Mercury is also related to travel and movement as it would be in astrology, is communication as well. Um, be it also of physical and spiritual nature, it is a metal that was of ancient Rome, Greek, Hindus, and Chinese. Then we have silver, which is a regal metal and is considered to be of the moon. It is one of the most 
versatile metals, one of the three basic metals in alchemy. It, it, oh, that makes sense. That's why they use silver bullets to stop werewolves. Because <laughs> it's connected to the moon. <laughs> well, well done, Hollywood. Well done. I love the way his head goes like full circle and I'm like, where is that coming from? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, it is connected to alchemy. It is associated with the philosophical traits of intuition, self-reflection, and inner wisdom. It is the feminine, it is a feminine metal, and it is a symbol of purity and connection with the goddess and spirits. Its energies include divination, healing, protection, emotion, love, wisdom, dreams, luck, and wealth. It is a symbol that is attributed to vision, clarity, awareness, focus, and strength. What metal is this? That was mercury. No, that was silver. Silver? Mm-hmm. I thought you'd switch to a different one. My bad. No, I just stopped when you went into the werewolf. Right, right. I just thought you'd switch to another one after that. So uh, next time somebody tells me, focus, hippie, buy me silver. <laughs> Okay, um, but pretty much that's what I got for the most part on the on the medals and so forth to add. And I'm, I'm trying to get to where I wanted to talk about tonight because I, I wanted to use the pendulum as the reason why I was, you know, flipping it over from last night's, I mean, not last night, last week's callback. And that's why I can't see it. There was a piece that I didn't pull up from the other, from my other paper, from my other part of my phone, and I gotta go in real fast and grab it. Do do do, and it's freaking not here anyway. Um, but I wanted to speak about, you know, how the pendulum is used for divination. It's not on my paper. I mean, on my list of stuff that I have here, I left it out. But. People use it when they're learning how to do divination. See, but when you're coming into natural divinations, that's when the healing hands come into work. And they come in in very mysterious, strange ways, more or less. And this tonight's show is going to be more about visual states of consciousness, along with how you connect that to, you know, the spiritual energy, the divination of that. And how are you bringing yourself into the actual working of this? Not using a tool, so to speak. And I wanted to use the pendulum first off because for me, as I started to mature into myself and my energies, I realized that for me personally, my hand is the pendulum. I don't need a pendulum. Now, depending on what the questions are, you know, I, I do, but that's because I have healing hands. I'm working into the shamanic work where, you know, the hands do the work. But you have to eventually, gradually get to where you grow into that. And people might be coming into those energies, you know, within themselves where they're starting to be more with the oneness and understand that their energy actually does work with energy in general. So... When you take it from the idea of a pendulum and using a tool, so to speak, and you start moving it into your actual physical body, you may notice that you heat in certain areas. Like, 
before I ever came into my, um, before I ever started coming into my energy and starting to truly walk my path and into my shamanism and whatnot, I will never forget because, like, the guys that I dated and stuff would always complain that I was always cold. Like, like I was, like, ice cubes. And now that I've been coming into my energy and I've been working on all of my spiritualness, I'm constantly being told by everybody else, please take your hands off me, you're too hot. Because the healing energy usually comes through my hands first off before they do anything else. But well, you know what the proper response to that is? What? Well, thank you. <laughs> yes, I can see that being a very good one to use. But <laughs> that wasn't exactly where I was going with it. But thank you anyway. Um, but it takes you a while, I mean, to learn how to actually use your hands in such ways and a operate them more or less be able to control the energy and channel it where and how you want it to and the reason i'm saying this and i connected it back to the pendulum is because when i first started to notice that this energy was coming through for me happened to be at work now i work at a grocery store and basically you get the pallets they're all broken down or they're at least scattered everywhere with a bunch of junk everywhere. And my mother was an older woman who had no business climbing around a whole bunch of pallets, and so to speak. And I started noticing as I was trying to help her gather all of her inf all of her stuff that she needed for the night so that she could stock it. And I didn't want her falling down and tripping and hurting herself. I started noticing as I moved past specific pallets that my hands would warm up. So after a little bit of time of noticing this, I gave it a shot. I was just like, okay, let me clear my mind, clear my head. I was like, and see what my hands have to say. And I specifically was just like, tell me where the stuff is. So I used my hands for a lost and found, point blank. It's how it started with me as I started to move into everything else. I would go, and to this day at work, you know, people know that I have these energies that I work with because I'm very open and out about who and what I am. So from from watching me do that, you know, a couple years back with my mother, trying to help her out, you know, and I would just walk across, you know, the, the floor with my hands above the pallets, and I'd be like, it's in this pallet. You can find stuff in this pallet. Stay away from that one. You can find stuff in this one, you know, and we would locate the stuff that we would need. And to this day, I mean, I think it was just a couple weeks ago, one of my employees, you know, was flat out freaking out because she'd lost her keys. And my boss actually came and got me and was like, Shell, you know, so-and-so lost her keys. She was working on the aisle and she's, you know, flipping out and blah, 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 blah. She can't leave work. And it happened to work with my, you know, physical, I mean, it, it worked with my medium at first because when she first said it to me and everybody came back, I was just like, why am I seeing rainbows? <laughs> I was like, uh, as soon as you brought this up, rainbows came into my mind. And she was like, no, there's like a rainbow on the uh, keychain and da-da-da-da-da. So I walked down the aisle and I was just like, okay, where are the rainbows? And I just put my hands up and I was walking down the aisle. I found the heat that was on this certain area. And I, so I was like, it's here. It's, it's right here somewhere. I was like, you guys need to look right in here. And then it, it was right there. But... 
as you learn to come into your energies, you'll learn to channel those energies and actually direct them how you want. And I'm telling you this because that is a divination. However, having lack of control of your energy, because I'll be the first one to tell you, people who know me are like, keep me away from glass. Because if I'm irritated, if I'm agitated, you know, just on any level, you know, a little bit stressed. If I'm hanging out or working in an area, because like I said, I work at a grocery store. I, I cannot be in an aisle that has glass because the stuff will start falling off the shelf. So just as you can move energy as you learn how to come into your healing hands and find out what they do for you. Like I said, for me, it also becomes a lost and found. I can use them in such a way to help me find something. I don't need a pendulum to do that. I just need to use my right hand, point blank. But at that same time, that's learning to push and pull energy and direct it and channel it and everything that you wish to do with it. With that being said, without lack of understanding how to do so, your stress levels can also turn around and push that energy in bad ways that could be damaging. Right. This is also why they tell you when you're starting to learn and learn to come into like Reiki or healing hands or anything along that line. This is also why they tell you you're not to do any of that kind of work when you've been intoxicated of any form because you're technically not fully in control of your own thoughts or actions and you're more you're you're, you're you can pull in the negatives easier and transfer it that way. And this is why they tell you specifically when you're about to receive Reiki or healing or shamanic work, you know, I will tell people all the time that you need to, you know, unless it's like medicine that came from your doctor and it's like something you have to have every single day, you should be eating, you know, a healthy diet at least 24 hours in advance. You should be, you know, staying away from any kind of drugs or alcohol because it will affect the way that it moves through the system. You are energy. And once you know how to operate it and control it and direct it and channel it, then you'll start learning how to move past using a tool for scrying and divination and use your own self. So don't drink and drum. Got it. Don't drink and drum. <laughs> yeah, that, that doesn't work so well. Um, but this... Uh, that, no, uh, no reiki-bakey. Well, as long as you don't plan on using your hands for any kind of healing. That's why I said no Reiki-Bakey. Reiki-Bakey. I thought you said Wakey and Bakey. No, no Reiki-Bakey. <laughs> yeah, no, that wouldn't work so well. And 90% of the time, and, and I will say this from my own past ignorance, you know, because we all tend to get a little too cocky from time to time and you're not paying any attention. Yeah, go ahead and make that mistake is start trying to do some healing when you have been intoxicated. You're going to find out just how quick... And reason why they say not to do it, because it's going to make you sick. You're not going to be able. This is part of what that shamanic work turns into, which is beyond Reiki. Because people will try to, you know, I've only had a beer. I've only had two. Or I only had a shot. I only smoked this. Right. And they think they can. And the next thing they know is they didn't put energy in. They actually took it out. And now they're the ones who are sick. Right. So, Yeah try to learn from other people's mistakes. Don't make the same mistake for yourself, more or less. But um, that's what I wanted to get into this whole week was about, I mean, this, this show was about, you know, visual states of consciousness. Because 
everything around you is living. And once you start to realize that the world around you is living, it's it's like going into non-ordered non-ordinary reality like a shaman would for journeying or non-physical reality as people may want to see it. I mean, once you start to realize that the oneness actually isn't about the levels or where you take the journeying, you start to realize that the world communicates with you. I mean, I wouldn't be able to find those keys if it wasn't for the energy of me being able to locate the energy of those keys. Do you get what I'm saying? So, I mean, as we move into that level, we start to realize it's not necessarily the tools that do it. It is the energy with the world around you. It's living. And you start to cross from divination as in like journeying or meditation and it starts to cross into the here and now and it will communicate. I tell you people all the time, if an odd animal pops up in your life, you know, there, there might be a reason for that on animal. This is the world communicating with you, mm -hmm. you know, and just like, you know, last week we were talking about clouds and so forth. And, you know, Hill Hubby was saying that, you know, the bear has been, you know, showed up in the clouds and for him and, you know, been there giving, you know, looking over him. Right. My question is, is did you know? When you saw the bear in the clouds, exactly what the communication was about? Oh, absolutely. See, but some people don't. Right. Some people, and this, uh, this is why I took it in this level. Because some people will, will you if you just look out at the world around you, like, that's just a plant, that's just a tree. You know, that's just the wall. You know, this is just life, and you don't see it as a living individual thing, just like you are. Then you're never going to get the communication that comes back. You're never going to get the divine connection and be able to get divination speaking to you. Perfect example. Yesterday, EK and I were uh, talking. He was showing me this new website that uh, I'm going to be checking out quite a bit because it's it, it's a really neat website. But that's talk for off the air. And I <laughs> pulled out my phone to verify some of the information I was getting off of it. Turn on the phone. Press the button to open my Google search. Never touched anything else. Google instantly searched Black Bear. <laughs> As like ten four, be on alert. Two minutes later, unexpected knock at the door. Open the door. This cat. Before I even got the door open, I got this wave of energy. Just said, "Do not trust." Right. Right there, it was just bears just sticking his nose up. It's little things like that. You might look at your phone. Well, I didn't search for that. What the hell is this all about? Exactly, and excuse it right on away. Right. That's part of what I'm talking about. I mean, when you're working with spirit, you're working with divination, you're working with oneness, and you're coming into that soulfulness of all of that connection, you have to be able to connect. People will tell you all the I will fight people all the time in the form of, are you listening to your head or your heart? Now, yeah, you've got to have logic in your life, duh. But your head is programmed to make so many decisions for you in life so quick. 
you know, before you even know it. I mean, how many times have you seen or heard, you know, of like the sign on the wall that says the twice, but you automatically drop that second the. Because mm-hmm. your your brain is already made to correct the things that are going on around you so that you can keep moving. Well, this has to do with your logic. Your brain can make mistakes. It missed where it said the twice. It's that simple. Something as simple as that can also start to affect how you're viewing and seeing things. Do you trust your mind? Because sometimes you need to tell your mind to shut the fuck right up. Point blank. And when you're getting into divination, if your mind is telling you that that's not so, well, then you're never going to have that connection. Right. You have to listen to heart. So the logic does have to be there to a point, but not 100%. If, you, if you're stuck in believing everything that your mind tells you, then you're never going to cross that level. Mm-hmm. Now... When I get into speaking about, like, the living world and its interactions with you, uh, I tend to say, uh, last week on the show, I said, when I was speaking uh, to Hill Hippie, I I was saying how, you know, I see pictures and I've had different clients I've worked with and stuff where I'm like, you know, the pictures will move and Hill Hippie's like, I know you've said it. I don't really know for sure because, you know, I don't live in your head and see through your eyes. Right. Basically. Now, I will admit uh, I have an advantage on several people in this area of, you know, dealing with the living world around us when it comes to on a spiritual level of that communication. Then it goes right. And that's part of why I brought up the dyslexia earlier this earlier on this show where I have trouble, you know, with my reading because my words will move and shift and shape and flip upside down or disappear or become a great big funky blog. The very same thing that happened with my words is the very same thing that happens with the pictures And when I just use my eyes to view the world around me. So where my dyslexia harms me in one area makes it harder on me. It makes it easier on me in another. Now, the reason I went into all of that is because, like I said, I do look at pictures and they move. And I can pick up the aura off of them easily. You know, but it's not just that. There are such divinations that you can use once you learn to open your mind. And be willing to relax and allow your heart and your mind to come together on that level without, you know, can you trust your mind? Can you allow your mind to explore and be open-minded enough? Because I was telling Hill Hippie the other day, you know, the walls talk to me. I mean, people will be like, I look at the tree. You know, and I might see a picture in the tree, you know, or a facial expression. No, I'm going to have a whole damn conversation with it. And this is what I'm talking about. There are things once you once you start to come into that level of communication, you know, and you can be open minded and relaxed enough, then you can start to actually allow the living world to communicate with you. And it doesn't have to just be. Like I said, for Hill Hippie, when he looked up at the cloud, he was seeing the bear, but he knew automatically what the bear had to say to him. Other people might just go, look, look, it kind of looks like a bear, but they may not know that's a communication Mm -hmm. and not be able to take that into that next level. Now, there are certain 
exercises that you can do that will help you out with this. And when we were out on Sunday, that rock that you picked up mm-hmm. is all asking for you to have communication for it with it, if you're willing to. Okay. And the reason I say that is because as soon as I picked, as soon as I looked down at it, it had it was just all kinds of talking. So if you actually sat down with your open mindedness, with a question that you may have universally, it's ready to speak to you. <laughs> Don't tell me that. <laughs> and the reason I'm putting it that way is because I'm about to give you all, you know, an exercise that you can do. Uh, with that in my, uh, before you do, <laughs> the reason why I say that's disappointing to hear. Because if it wants to talk to me and it has a message, I'm going to feel bad because I picked it up to use it as a hammerstone to start learning flint napping. So I'm going to be beating it on things. Is that his message? Please don't hurt me. No. <laughs> Is that his message? Don't beat me. No, but it may have a reason that it has something else it wants to say to you prior to you doing it. I don't know, but the question has to come from you. Or in fact, you may not it may have just a communication that it has to have with you and okay, like I said, I'm about to give an exercise here. Now, for you it it would be the exact opposite of what I'm about to say because I know the rock was ready to talk to you and you have nothing really to ask it. No. Uh, are you going to break this are you going to break this rock I'm about to beat you against? Good boy. <laughs> no, but it might have a higher meaning of something that you need to acknowledge. Maybe. So if you just sit down and look at it and let it speak to you, you may find that it actually has something that's going to make it even more important to you by the time you finish doing what you plan on doing to it. <laughs> it came out wrong. <laughs> But you know what I mean. (laughs) Okay. But here's the exercise. See, like I said, because I have a tendency, like I said, I have a little bit of an advantage because of my dyslexia. Things will start to move and shift and talk to me so much easier. And I don't have to go through the exercise. I just start having the conversation with this stuff. But... For for you, an idea that may help you, you know, come into this level of understanding is there's the who, what, where, when, why, and how. These are questions that you can always ask anything, you know, and it's actually five questions you pretty much should ask because it's not a yes or no answer. Yes or no can be very vague and not really give you answers. Like I said, we're moving past, you know, something simple like the pendulum and moving into really more direct understanding and communication with the world around you, the living world. Now, if you have something you want help with, you want guidance with, the questions of who, what, when, where, why, and how are always a good way of asking the very same question and getting different answers that will give you the response to the one question that you have and then find out what that synchronicity is within them to help you go in the right direction. However, if you're going to use like a natural divination, a natural tool, because it's there in front of you, the idea is look for something that's getting your attention. If you want to use a rock, they tell you to put a rock down. And this is one of the things that I learned in my schooling for my shamanic stuff um, is, you know, wait to see what rock it is that has, is willing to communicate and talk with you more or less about this. Find what it is, set it down and just ask it the same question all five times and wait to see what it shifts and moves and does. 
and it will help you go in a specific direction. You'd be surprised how many times the stuff that I give you all from the healing messages is simply because, you know, I'm reading the wall. Like today when I was making the video for the week and I was saying that one of the spirit guides that is coming through and I couldn't hunt I couldn't 100% tell which direction it was if you watched the video you I went through and I was stating that I couldn't tell and it was weird because I couldn't tell if it was a duck or if it was a swan but I could tell that it was a bird in the water it was just the way that it was coming up this was because I was reading the wall people it's that simple. You can think up crazy as much as you want. But the point is, is usually whenever I have the guidance and I give it forward and I listen to what the world that is alive around me is speaking, usually it ends up being beneficial. So there's no harm in giving it a shot. It's learning to how to take the exercises that are there in front of you and how to make it work for you. You have any questions? Nope. About that? Um, but... I will tell you, I, I was as I was getting into the ideas of this and, you know, having those communications and realizing the different things that you see and how you start to step from, you know, allowing the world to communicate with you and not not notice it and start to take it into the noticing. And instead of just getting a one answer, you start actually realizing that everything in life is alive. So in one form or another, it's communicating with you. Just like Hill Hippie was saying today when the phone went directly to the bear. Mm -hmm. So you have to learn to connect the things. But with that being said... There are so many people out there who are going to go after exercises like what I just gave you, an exercise to work with in one form or another. And they add it into their toolkit of their, you know, spiritual healing as they start to grow and mature. And it's turned into brain exercises that you have to understand, are you open within both sides of the uh of the hemisphere within your brain because if you're just full on logic then you're never going to see you know what the other side of that hemisphere has to say to you you have to be open-minded you have to be willing to let both sides communicate if you're hell-bent on one or the other you're not going to get there but right. the reason i'm going into that is because as i was kind of shopping around for what i was going to talk about tonight i I, I want to get into, and I can't say this enough times, when you're trying to find exercises that will help you out, you're looking into workshops that will help you out, man, please don't go out and just spend money on a whole bunch of people who says they're going to teach you shit. I really hate it when I see stuff that they're like, you know, you could spend this much money on an attunement. What are they tuning? I'm not a guitar. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. They're like on your shamanic, because I was seeing one place today that was saying that, you know, they were going to give you the shamanic attunements for, you know, journeying, for, for, you know, being able to come into both sides of the hemispheres of your brain so that you can do all of this. And that's bullshit. Point blank. There is different. Got a little bit of a disagreement there. It is bullshit. Oh, a little bit of a disagreement. You might have chakras and you may need to clean up some of your energies. And somebody might be able to help you. But attunement, you already are a shaman inside you, whether you already know that you are or not. No, only because you mentioned uh, 
they can't bring your two hemisphere, uh, hemispheres together. There is a place known as the Monroe Institute that has been working on this type of technology for 30 years now. Uh, they call it the... Uh, oh, good Lord, I'm drawing a fucking blank on it. But it's fascinating research, and it's using, uh, it uses two different frequencies of tones that you listen, through, uh, listen to through headphones. And by listening to the two different tones, it makes your... It raises your consciousness level and it makes both hemispheres of your brain resonate at the same... Uh, okay, I can agree with that. Are you that. talking about binaural frequencies? I think that's the term, yes. Hey, I can agree with that, but what I guess what I'm trying to get at is, is there's so many times you get these different people who are like, I have these classes that I can teach you to help you learn how to come into your gifts and na 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 No. My point is, is there are so many out there who are going to... They, they, they've learned how to talk shit enough into getting your money from you so that they can try to help you learn. But it's something that only you, you have to soulfully be willing to up yourself to this. Right. You have to be willing to step up to, you know, your soulfulness, coming into your energy. And you're going to have your ups and downs. You're going to fall on your face and make mistakes. That's point part of it. Point blank. And and you have to do that. I mean, in order to learn how things work for you. I don't know how long it's taken me and still has taken me when spirit communicates with me that, you know, this specific thing means one of these three things. Mm-hmm. When it could mean like 12, but it only means these three to me. You're going to learn from trial and error. Right. When somebody's telling you they're going to attune you in a sense to where now everything's good. And you can do it. That's lies. Check for the uh, the fine print because the attunement that they're talking about might just be sticking a uh, tuning fork up your butt and giving you a kick in the stomach. And I'm saying if you're going to buy a bunch of classes and a bunch of workshops, at least be aware that, you know, the, no nobody's going to make you already step into what you're trying to go to that's the work you're gonna have to do for yourself point blank i mean like like in my class i i have my shamanic class which i've been in you know almost for three years now and then i have the reiki class I've, i've done several things but i make sure that i'm going after something that's not some little i did a workshop and I have to look at it from a Capricorn point of view. I want an investment. I want to see that I have the paper there that's proving that, you know, it actually holds some form of a degree and that I am capable of actually legally helping someone instead of just some cockamamie shit that somebody has printed up from their home computer and sent me and tried to tell me that, you know, I I, I learned this and really I've just got ripped off. That's what I'm after. Well... There's two ways of go of looking at that. There's if you're looking to get into uh, a place where you can do legally do this type of healing work, then yes, that is absolutely it. But if you're just somebody who's experienced uh, trial and error, right? Then fine. you're not you're and you at this point you're not looking to go that route. You're just wanting to explore and expand. Then sometimes something like that can be useful. Still do your research. Uh, exactly. Find out who these people are and what the what their credentials are. How long they've been around. Joe Smo, who's opened up in 2018, 
you know, might not be the best choice, even though he's got the lowest price. But they these types of classes, seminars, webinars, uh, or, excuse me, weekend retreats could be useful for somebody. That way they don't have to spend all this time to do the research, to start to learn how to do this, when they can just pay somebody a, a little bit of money and they guide them in the first steps. Right. I'm just saying, watch out for the miracle cure bullshit. Yeah, there is no magic pill. I know, but there are people who are still wanting to believe it and will go after it. You need to jump into Solarham. Uh, I know. I was letting you go because Solarham is extremely short this week. Oh, okay. But go ahead. Because we are, a, once again, as I've been saying, we are in a solar minimum. <laughs> and prepared jointly by the U.S. Department of Commerce, NOAA, uh, the Space Weather Prediction Center, updated uh, January 8th, 2019. Ha-ha! At 0030 hours UTC, the 24-hour summary. Solar activity has been very low with a spotless disk. No Earth-directed CMEs were observed in available conography imagery. A forecast, solar activity expected to be at very low uh, levels from the 8th through the 10th. And there have been no updates from Solar Ham, uh, anything that they've spotted that's noteworthy themselves since the 4th. So since our last show. Alrighty then. Now as I jump into the astrology, um, I'm just going to forewarn you right off the bat. As you come into the weekend, dude is going to get a little bit gnarly. But before we get into that, you have Venus that did just shift into Sagittarius. Uranus that just went direct. It will stay in Aries until March. You have eight weeks of it still in here. It has been in this energy more or less, for a decade. You have eight weeks to learn the lesson it had to teach you. It will not be back in your lifetime. This is the last eight weeks it has to get it through your thick head, more or less. Independence, individuality, uniqueness, freedom within your very core of who and what you are. It is going to be in shadow for at least the next three weeks, so it will still be picking apart darker aspects of where you're not stepping up to the plate. However, you do have on the 21st, the lunar eclipse is coming in. And I said last week, I believe I said that it was in uh, Aquarius. I was wrong. It is in Leo. I had the oppositions backwards. But um, it will be bringing in more or less a whole lot of closure. Closure all over the board throughout more or less all of your life in different levels, so to speak. And jumping into really deep aspects of stuff you've kind of hidden from yourself so it's definitely a positive thing up until that lunar eclipse though that energy is still building because it's making sure all of that all of your skeletons in the closet are being brought out so that you have to heal more or less this has to do with like i said this is ending of a cycle and starting a new cycle and you don't want that cycle to be the same cycle started all over again. Because if you're starting this cycle all over again, you are not going to move forward, point blank. But with that all being said, there's so much going on in Capricorn energy right now. Capricorn has Mercury in it. It is conjuncting Saturn. Saturn is conjuncting the Sun. The Sun is conjuncting Pluto. And Sun and Pluto are both conjuncting the South Node. With that being said, so much energy is going on in that 10th house universally. So, does it hurt? Your knees, your joints, your bones, your teeth, your heart, your spine, your head, your immune system, or your reproductive organs. This is all the energies that are going on in that 
area right now. And with all of this, this communication, I mean, it's in super overload. So you got to remember the universe, like I was saying, takes place inside of you, not just outside of you. And with all of this that you are working on soulfully, so are you working on it inside of your body as well as trying to unblock your chakras. So, like I said, if you're sick and you need to see a doctor, by all means, go see a doctor. But if just out of nowhere, these energies are starting to come up and you're starting to feel crappy, well, I wouldn't be surprised. This is all the energies going on in that universal 10th house. The 10th house speaks to you of... Um, career. It speaks to you of politics. It speaks to you of your goals, your wishes, your dreams, as well as just your outer community in general. So this is all things that you are soulfully wanting to change. And Capricorn is really kind of hitting you below the belt going, well, this is where you're not changing these things, more or less. This is what all this conjunction energy is. Like I said, Saturn and Mercury is in conjunction. That is communication with your rules, walls, and boundaries. Now, you might be a little too fire powerful in your rules, walls, and boundaries. And just, you know, I'm balls to the wall, going to be willing to make change and say exactly what the fuck I think more or less. And that might be a great thing. It might be you're ready to step to the plate and make those changes, you know, set new rules, walls, and boundaries. But remember, we are talking about communication is having this conversation. So you might want to watch your word vomit because while you're stepping up to the plate, maybe you might be setting it out. You don't necessarily have to send it out in such an aggressive way, okay, that could maybe end up backfiring on you. A conjunction is a very powerful energy. So all of this energy is a superpower right now. Um, Saturn is conjuncting the sun. Those rules, walls, and boundaries are asking where illumination is not coming into your life, where your core energy is not being shown within it, where, you know, you want to shine and be known for what you shine for in your outer community and what's not happening because you're not changing those rules, walls, and boundaries. Okay? Then you have the sun, which is conjuncting Pluto, which is death, decay, and destruction on a spiritual level, talking to your higher self of illumination and how you're going to change your core of your outer community. Okay, as well as how that core energy is going to affect your careers and the politics in your life and your, you know, your goals, your dreams. This is not something this energy is going to be what's shifting and, and changing everything for the next 20 years. This energy that's punching you in the gut right now is what's forcing you to make these changes. Basically, you've got Pluto, which is death, decay, destruction for renewal, rebirth, regeneration. And it always has some spiritual higher learning that it's wanting. It's speaking directly with the sun. It is the illumination, point blank. Okay, and those two are conjuncting the south node. The south node is speaking to you about what you've gotten really freaking good at, but it no longer serves you. So it's... It's it's like the teaser in it. It's going, but but I'm it, it's it's where you're like, I I can't change that because I'm really good at that. That's something that I'm good at. I know how to do that really well. Well, maybe you know how to do it really well, and you've actually gotten to where it's not any good for you anymore, and it's time to put that down. It's like the kid who wants you know their blankie, and it's time to grow up and let the blankie go. 
it's the very same kind of idea. Some things that you've gotten good at, you're not using to your benefit anymore. Yeah, Linus. Yeah, exactly. But that's basically what this energy is coming down. It's 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 begging you to step out in a brand new bold way. And this is where all this aggression has been coming in in the energy. I mean, you're feeling very much in your power, really w willing to step up and speak up for yourself and whatnot. But you've got to hold on to that south node. Is the south node making you stay in the same place? Because you've gotten really comfortable with it, even though you're stepping up or you're changing things. But in honesty, you're not changing anything. You're just shifting it in a new direction. Okay, because Spirit says this week in general, it's about self-motivated action. Initiating your own personal self-motivated action and self-assertiveness. Now... You do have some really good harmony going on this week. You have Venus, which is now in Sagittarius, speaking to Jupiter. Venus is your sensitivities. It speaks to you about what you want to have a big bowl of that you love and keep and keep next to you. And it, it speaks to you about what you like and desire. And then it tells you what you don't desire and why you don't and why you want nothing to do with it. Coming into Jupiter, which is in Sagittarius, coming closer to that, it is your higher self is speaking to you about what you are not giving yourself. Basically, your higher self is saying, this is what I need. This is what this is what you need. This is what you desire. This is where you want to go. And Jupiter in that Sagittarius is speaking to that fire energy of, like I said, the higher self is trying to tell you what you need, where you need to go, why and how it is that you have not been able to receive this. Your higher self is trying to tell you the direction you need to go by showing you what you have not been doing. Now, Venus is coming closer to it, and it's going to strengthen the sensitivity of that, showing you that much more of what it is you desire and that much more of what it is you don't. Now, as these two actually come together near that eclipse energy, everybody is saying that all the astrologers like to say when Venus and Jupiter coming together, it's like the most romantic day of the year. No, it's not. It can be, but it's not. But the point is, is Venus's extra sensitivity is bringing abundance to you. It just depends on where you take your Venus at that time. And like I said, this is in your higher self. So it's all going to depend on if you're actually communicating with your true higher self as to what it is you want and you desire. Now, Cirrus is chiming in on this energy. It is in Scorpio. It's still very close to Venus. Cirrus is karma. Cirrus is too close to home. It is a nurturing energy or shows you where nurturing is lacking. And it also shows you where, if nurturing was lacking, where you might be repeating the cycle and not learning and moving forward because you're continuing to not give the proper nurturing. If, if you wasn't nurtured properly, maybe you're having a problem learning how to give that kind of nurturing to someone else. But you have to learn by breaking the cycle. That's what all of this comes down to, breaking the cycle. And Scorpio, it is what our relationships are responsible for. 
Let me just tell you, first off, you need to understand this week, the first person that you need to be responsible to is yourself. Responsibility within a relationship. You are the only relationship you can't get rid of. You are the only relationship you can't get rid of. No matter how many drugs you do or how much you drink, <laughs> you still can't get away from you. Right. You you have to live with you. And Sarah's is going to be emphasizing, you know, where that nurturing is lacking or where it is, you know, broken the cycle and moving forward, you know, and too close to home is bringing in that karmic energy, the threefold, speaking with that Jupiter and Venus. Now, that is more or less all coming out of one energy that's going to be speaking directly to Chiron in a very wonderful way. Chiron is the wounded healer, the gatekeeper of wholeness. It's begging you to listen to your intuition, to listen to your heart, and maybe put some of the logic aside and listen to what truthfully your soul knows it needs. Because it's telling you already if you're about to walk down, more or less, if you've already learned a lesson or you should have learned it, and you're about to put yourself through the same damn lesson again, you already know deep down inside of yourself, I'm going to fuck this up all over again. Okay? This is the shit you need to be listening to right now. Logic is, is needs to be there, but the soulfulness, the intuition that's coming from that higher self is what is directing you in the proper purpose of what you need to be doing right now. Mars is also in a trine with this energy. And then they jump back into a, into a trine here. So, I mean, it's your higher self speaking to the gatekeeper of wholeness, you know, and the healing energy that comes from Mars's passion, aggression, action, and fire. This should be a passion, aggression, action, and fire for yourself, okay? Now, you do have very important information that most people are going to leave out because everybody's saying there's no uh, air in the skies right now. There's, uh, when you what? look at the elements, they're looking at the elements. There's no air sign that has planets Oh, in it. okay. <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> I'm about to say, do I need to smack the stupid off somebody? <laughs> You'll hear many astrologers saying there's no air in this energy. So it's just like, you know, fire building. And that is so not true. That's just because they're not looking at the astrology properly. Let me tell you, seven is, I mean, your universal seventh house is Libra. Libra looks like it only has palace in it, but it doesn't. Palace is there and it is, uh, it is Athena. It is the warrior goddess. It is uh, strategic thinking. It is sitting on top of Haumea, your collective consciousness. Your collective consciousness is sitting right in power of your collective thinking and strategic thinking. And then you have it is in opposition with the lotus flower of Make Make and Mars. Okay? <laughs> make Make. Make, make and Mars. And that's the lotus flower asking you, are you, is the reason you can't see past the shit that's in your life is because you're still the lotus flower that's living in the muddy, murky water? Or are you finally starting to come up above this and you're breaking through into the water where you're starting to breathe? Or are you actually starting to bloom? This is the question that you need to ask yourself. Because when it gets into that Mars energy and it's in that universal first house versus your seventh house, it comes back to the very same thing I just said. Your first relationship is to yourself. If you can't love you and 
give yourself what you need to move yourself forward, then don't expect to move forward because you're going to be exactly where you've always been. Right. And let the uh, the wisdom of the philosophy Cumensis teach you in this aspect, even it starts its life in the shit, but it grows itself up and out and becomes a very spiritual being. <laughs> Good night, everybody. See you next week. We love you. May all your journeys be safe ones. Come now, my darling. Let's step back in time with me for a spell. Back to when the wild things, they were not for sale. And what was sacred had not yet been forgotten.